0: Hi, Satellite Sisters. We're excited to announce our new weekly newsletter, Pep Talk. That's right. It's happening. A little pep talk in your inbox on Fridays starting in August. Every issue will be short and sweet with podcast highlights, our recommendations for books, TVs and films that are going to keep you entertained, plus recipes and other, you know, tidbits. And of course, there'll be a little pep talk because we all need that right now, don't we? It's the perfect newsletter to enjoy and then share with your satellite sisters and misters. You can find sign-up links all over the place on our social media, on our website, on our Facebook, on our Instagram. We would love to have you sign up for Pep Talk now. Thanks. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you today. I'm Leon Dolan. I'm a writer and producer here in Pasadena, California. I have exciting news. It took me six days, but I found my glasses. So
2: <laughs>
0: it, it, it's the little things. It's the little things these days. Found them in my underwear drawer, because where else would they be? <laughs> Hidden among my me undies. So,
2: all right, Julie. Hey, well, I'm Julie Dolan, I'm in Dallas, Texas. I'm the oldest sister. Um, And I just wanted to share with you that I have finally found my favorite hand sanitizer brand. And that would be the Suave brand. I just wanna say it is the right combination of viscosity and scent and comes in a convenient tube and you get it at Target. Uh, I'm a happy person every day with my hand sanitizer. (laughs) <laughs> Thank wow you. that's where it is okay you've got you have to have a special brand or are you 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 have you don't have a preferred brand of hand sanitizer
1: i this I is this is liz no i just buy i'm in santa monica i'm the middle sister i kind of just buy whatever happens to be on the shelf on any given week so no have not gotten into that now you I'm can feeling... do better you can do better <laughs> I'm feeling very unproductive, but I do have a big announcement coming up in a second about some new products in the satellite sister shop. Later you've been busy, busy, busy during
0: Locktober.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean it's serving you well. <laughs> Holiday season, Leanne. Gotta get gotta put some stuff out there for the people for the holidays. All right. That's right. It is Locktober. This is our special series we're
0: doing in October to help us all get through the lockdown in one piece, mentally, emotionally, physically. That's what we're here for for on Satellite Sisters. Today we're gonna be talking to Rabbi Judy Greenfeld. They call her the relationship rabbi. And she's gonna talk to us about bringing joy and connection to the holidays this year, which seems like it's going to be very hard. So I'm wishing her all the luck in the world that she can (laughs) talk us us through this. So uh, coming up later on in the hour, we have Rabbi. Uh, also today on the show, Martha Stewart in quarantine. I mean, is there anything better? Oh, I hope she makes it out. I hope she makes it out.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine being quarantined with Martha Stewart? Holy yeah, that was That's
0: called prison, Liz. I think <laughs> she's already done that. Also on the show today, uh, we have some entertaining sisters. Julie, you have a documentary. I don't think people... Uh, I think it's going to be unexpected for
2: people. Very unexpected. This is a quiet hit that I think... Many people will enjoy. Okay. And uh, I have
0: some alternatives. If you liked Emily in Paris, I have a couple of other shows that are like Emily in Paris, but I think actually even a little bit better than Emily in Paris. So stay tuned for that. But first, Liz, your big products, big announcement about new products in the big, store. Tell big rollout.
1: Big rollout. Big rollout, sisters. First, thanks to Marianne Lee. She was one of the winners of our hashtag Sat sisters Look what I Did contest. So I mailed out the prize packages yeah. to both of the winners. And uh, so I had posted that in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. It's sort of proof that I was mailing the packages, (laughs) which is not my strong suit. And Marianne Lee posted this week a photo of herself with the box and some of her gifts and a thank you. So proof that it actually arrived and she was totally enjoying the product. So, you know, these are all things that are available in our store, but it inspired me to get everything kind of wrapped up and ready to go for the holiday season. So we have three new product collections in the Satellite Sister store. So in addition to our logo merchandise that we have there, and we have Stay Noisy merchandise, and we have Urban Nana merchandise, uh, we added three new collections. The first one is like our number one message through the current unpleasantness is stay connected. So we have a whole collection of tees and hats and bags and things that just say stay connected because... That's the most important message we have for you people. So there's that. Then, of course, the second most important message during, you know, the situation we're all in now is peace and sauce. So from
2: <laughs> cooking so, from
1: Liz, right? Yes. Yeah. If you've been waiting for your peace and sauce uh, apron... Now's your chance. Or if you have a satellite sister or mister who deserves a piece and sauce T-shirt or hat or apron or whatever, it's all there now. It's in the shop. Peace and sauce, people. You can't get any simpler than that. Those are the simple values that will get us through the holidays. And then, (laughs) (laughs) then the last collection I put in, because I know I'm not alone in this, I know people responded to this thought. The last collection just says, I'm an eyeballer. And um... (laughs) we tried
2: so hard to get you to stop eyeballing with ingredients, Liz.
1: Yeah. Well, Julie, it was clear from the email and from the posts in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group that I'm not alone in being an eyeballer. So we also have a special I'm an eyeballer collection, uh, which looks awesome on an apron, of course, but on all kinds of other stuff. So there you go. Three new collections plus what we had before. Now, how do you get to the Satellite Sister shop, you might say? Okay, well... It's, if you go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com, and you click on About up at the top, you'll see the word Shop pops up, and that will take you through to the shop. Uh, so that's one easy way, so you don't have to remember too much. I will put uh, links in the show notes, so you can just click through there. And those are really the two simplest ways, and we'll post it in all of the social media, in all of the usual spots on Facebook, and the group, and the page, and Twitter, and Instagram, and everything. So there you go. Time to start shopping for the I'm an eyeballer merch that you have been waiting for. (laughs) This is my attempt to bring joy into your lives, people. Yes, we can all be eyeballers now. It's okay.
0: Oh, boy, Liz, that's exciting. (laughs) You were really working hard. And a big shout out to Emily, our graphic designer, who was working on the graphics for that, the the latest member of our team. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's exciting. They really are cute. They're, they're really cute. Everything looks great. Um, speaking of looking great, uh, I know you've been wondering how's Martha Stewart getting along in quarantine, right? You've been worried yeah. about her. Sure. <laughs>
2: I know what she's been doing. I mean, I see tweets from her, and she seems to be like on message. She's planting things, she's you know, bul- you know she's got bulbs going, she's you know she does it. that's what I- I've seen, but it- is there more to what Martha's been doing, Leanne? Well, uh, Julie, she has a new book out. It's
0: her 97th book. It's called 97th.": Yes Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you know a
2: lot of books. Yeah. Yes.
0: That's amazing. So, it's Martha Stewart's Cake Perfection. So, that warranted a cover story uh, on Parade Magazine, which is my most trusted source for journalism. (laughs) And so, the front cover is Staying Home with Martha. There's just a million baked goods. And then it promises her quarantine survival guide. So, uh which includes owning like four houses, including a giant farm in Bedford, New York and a big house in Maine. But they're just a couple of great quotes. First of all, congratulations on your 97th book, Martha. That's great. Now, Martha, she she sounds off. She said, I think most people have gained weight during the quarantine. But if you're wondering about her, not her, here's what she said. I've actually lost 16 pounds. So mm.
2: I, I of think- Of course, pretty- Over, overachieving again. There you yeah. have it, Martha Stewart. Mm-hmm. And zero empathy for the people who are, who <laughs> are
0: buying the cake book. Like, yes. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I don't, I don't go out to dinner and I'm eating straight from my garden. Well, good for you. And then she <laughs> says, I'm a very healthy eater to start with. So as if we had any doubt. Thanks, Martha, that's so comforting. Now, Julie, you mentioned what would it be like to be quarantined with Martha, her prisoners? No, no, no. She's quarantined with her driver, her housekeeper, and her gardener, who she refers to her, to as her detainees. Okay. okay. So, I'm sure okay. they feel that way. I'm sure okay. they feel that way. Okay. Well, uh, according to Martha, I got in a lot of trouble for calling them detainees. But she says they love being called detainees.
2: I think that's just a little prison humor We don't get, okay
0: (laughs) So, okay She claims that she cooks a Martha Meal every night For everybody on the farm She's lost count at 129 dinners Yeah, Martha, me too So, okay And then here she said I've done so many projects at the farm All the things I just kind of put off Because I work so hard at the office She said I've redecorated her entire house So guess what her 98th book is going to be? Oh, that's right. Redecorating her house during quarantine. (laughs) But here's when I thought of you cooking with Liz because this is her survival guide.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: All right, she said working outdoors is her sanity saver. You know, she loves her animals. So she has four dogs, two cats, and a dozen canaries plus chickens, horses, ponies, and a pea fowl. That's exciting. She binges TV. She misses travel. But this is what she wishes most, Liz. And here's where you come in. Okay. She wishes more people would dot, dot, dot cook for her. She (laughs) said, I must say that I've had a lot of people up here for dinner in Maine. But I've only gone to one dinner party so far. That makes me a little sad. (laughs) (laughs) So Liz, I mean later on we're going to talk about this but you're introducing the barefoot contessa this week yeah, i think yeah. the next step is to invite martha over for dinner you know <laughs> make up some mama capra yes. marinara you okay. know maybe a couple of cocktails uh, you know whatever make that good chopped celery salad i think you're ready cooking with this. yeah, Liz. yeah. You give her a piece and sauce t-shirt and <laughs> she'll be all set.
1: Do you think she'd be okay with sitting at Liz's tasting window just outside in my building (laughs) courtyard She'd come here from Maine to sit in my Santa Monica courtyard? Because she's not allowed in the house. I don't know what these dinner parties she's going I know. to.
2: <laughs> dinner parties. She must have missed that part of quarantining. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Plus, yeah. can you imagine,
1: can you imagine cooking for Martha Stewart? Oh my God. That would be. I mean, it would
2: just be so intimidating to have yes. that. Yeah. Which, and she would enjoy the intimidation. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. She would thrive on that. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, but there you go, Liz. That's your okay. next
1: career goal. Because Cook, you... Cooking for Martha. All right. That's really putting one out there, Leanne. Thank you. Just try to check
0: with her on Twitter. You can do it. I
1: know it. See, you know that if you were cooking for Ina, she would be so nice and so positive and so supportive. But Martha would just be correcting you the whole time. Yes. No, no. Maybe Maybe yes.
2: Maybe no. I mean, you know, you give it a whirl, Liz. You'll never know. So, (laughs) But, you know, if this is somehow hearing how Martha Stewart has lost 16 pounds and she's done all these projects and you haven't, and that's making you sort of creating a trigger moment for you where you feel like you you just can't handle this stress, you know, and you want to have a pandemic meltdown, you are not alone because this is, no, truly this is happening. You know that people are losing control because they have no control over their life, and and that we're finding that it's not—it's like one small thing can trigger a big meltdown. So, the Wall Street Journal, knowing that that people are having meltdowns, uh, they put out an article called "The Art of a Meltdown," and so these are some tips about how to have a better meltdown. Okay? Oh, good. <laughs> okay, are you ready for this? Okay. Yeah. Liz and Leanne, I don't know if you've, have you had meltdowns? Yes. They weren't so good. Okay. Well, now you can do better. You can do better. You have to allow for the release of tension. That's a natural mechanism to let go, to cleanse, to scream, whatever you're doing. Okay. But here's some tips for a better meltdown. Okay. First of all, just accept it. Don't judge. Do you judge yourself when you, uh, when you lose it? No. 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 A little bit. I mean, I feel bad. (laughs) Okay. Don't feel bad. Don't judge yourself, Leanne. Okay. Okay. How about this one? Plan ahead. Okay. (laughs) If that's possible, (laughs) if you, you feel like it's coming, it's gurgling up. Okay. You're going to lose it. You should try to get to a private place, a shower, (laughs) a parked car. Okay. A closet. This. Okay. That is
1: good advice. That is very good. You can't exactly schedule it, but you can sense it coming on and remove yourself physically from you yes, know
2: just get somewhere safe now when you're having a meltdown you you need to do some sort of pre-meltdown self-assessment which is you need to know what uh, you need are you kind of a person like when you're having a meltdown you need to be left alone or are you a person that needs to be talked off the ledge like you want people mm. around you as you're losing it and screaming or whatever what do you
1: think mm. Mm. so Well, most of my meltdowns have to do with the fact that I'm almost always alone. So um, (laughs) I'm not sure more aloneness is going to be the solution to that, Julie. So that's a good question. So you you may want to
2: try the ledge approach. Get out on the ledge, see if you can attract some attention. And then see how that goes. Yes,
1: exactly. Okay. I'll try that. We're
2: joking about this, but you do have to model good behavior during the meltdowns. That means, you know, taking it, you cannot punch the wall. You absolutely, positively cannot take it out on a dog or person or anybody else. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That, that is, and then finally, when you, you're through your meltdown, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, you're supposed to go back and explore the meaning of your meltdown. Which you may want to do. You mean like what, may...
1: what was it really about? It probably wasn't about the length of the line at Trader Joe's. It might have been something deeper.
2: Yes, that's exactly right, Liz. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're getting the hang of it. Okay, <laughs> I think you can do better on your next meltdown, Liz. Okay. <laughs> Thank and you. Then, and then once you have one, Leon, you just move on. Uh, you don't. You know. You can apologize or not. Because remember, don't judge yourself. Everybody's ha- everybody's having these. You just, we need to do a better job at our meltdowns. Okay. Okay, okay.
0: Julie, that's good advice. And I, I think a year ago, the Wall Street Journal might be surprised, might've been surprised they were writing that uh, piece. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's, well, it's the same thing. I saw a related piece in the Washington Post. Have you guys had, figured this out? Or have you uh, had this happen to you? Where you're walking, you've got your mask on, and you're just smiling as hard as you can, as if... Like the checker is going to see your smile through the mask. I know. Make you feel like an idiot. Or you just announce, I'm smiling, just so (laughs) people know. Well, (laughs) according to the Washington Post writer Pam Moore, it's good. Keep smiling, okay, because this this is social contact, even if no one can see it, and it's really important for human beings. It's essential as food and drink, according to experts like Bea de Gelder, Professor of Cognitive Neuroscience, at Maastricht University in the <laughs> Netherlands, okay? So this is it. So just keep smiling uh, under that mask. But here's some other things that you can do to communicate with other people that you're smiling and you're engaged and we're all in this together. So eye contact.
2: So you're
0: like trying to Mm smize, to smile with your eyes? Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Totally, yes.
2: I've been doing a lot of eyebrow uh, movement. (laughs) (laughs) Good, keep it up. Keep it up, Julie. It's not really good looking at all. It's sort of weird, but I'm trying.
0: So, so yeah, the eyes are truly the window to the soul. I don't know what the eyebrows are the window to, but, <laughs> okay. but another study found, one study found that if you gaze into people's eyes, it's the love hormone, it activates oxytocin, the love hormone. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you need to do that at the post office, say, but okay. just we re- we, re- we respond instinctively to eye contact. Another thing you can do, uh, which is particularly relevant for people with autism, is that you can use body language and Julie Dolan we're going back to you. You can nod, you can wave hello or you can clap. Come on clap. Julie, you <laughs> clap.
2: I know Just- I, th- I thought that was going to become our new modern greeting to clap and say hi. <laughs>
0: There's still time. So,
2: yeah, I yeah. know, I know we're trying.
0: This is it. 'Cause it's the it gets the endorphins going. So you're smizing, you're smiling, you're clapping, you're nodding, you're just you look
1: like a raving lunatic. <laughs> that, that's all good. And then you're gonna have a meltdown. So then
2: you need to get to your safe place.
0: <laughs> that's all good. It's all what we're supposed to be doing. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, coming up on Satellite Sisters, we're continuing on with our October conversations to help get us through. This time we're talking to Rabbi Judy Greenfeld about finding connection and joy during the holiday pandemic. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us haven't even made our holiday plans yet because we're so fraught with what should we do and how can we make this special, but how can we make this safe? I know I just keep dragging my feet and shrugging my shoulders and saying, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. Well, we're hoping that rabbi and cantor Judy Greenfeld can help us out. So stay with us on Satellite Sisters. But first, we want to thank a couple of sponsors. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means
1: you're grilling. You're grilling and for chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer,
0: Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free-for-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. We're back, we're the Satellite Sisters. You know, we're really honored to welcome Rabbi and Cantor Judy Greenfeld today to Satellite Sisters. She's the founder and spiritual leader of Nakshon Minyan, an alternative Jewish congregation and religious school serving LA and the San Fernando Valley. Under her leadership, this community is known for inclusiveness, innovation, and traditional worship services designed to recharge the mind, heart, and spirit Oh, Rabbi Judy, that's exactly
3: what we need today. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Yes, we all need that, right? We need each other. Right. I noticed that you run a program
0: there called Spa Shabbats. And I'm wondering (laughs)
3: when when can those fire up again, do you think? (laughs) You know, it's been interesting because we are rethinking how can we do that over you know, over internet, because I think that we are in such need of finding ways to relax and finding ways to not just stare at a screen, but to use our ability to hear and use our ability to move a little bit. These Spau Shabbats were meant to teach what Shabbat is really about. And every religion that's monotheistic has a Sabbath because Shabbat is a Sabbath. And, um, The seventh day, it's clearly from our Bible, tells us that we're meant to rest on that seventh day. Now, in our culture, we don't necessarily do that. Sunday in Christianity is the Sabbath, and and Shabbat for the Jewish people is Friday night and Saturday. And here we are, that we were given since biblical times, a day to rest, a day to really feel like we're at the spa, and we don't use it. And I think the difference is, we need the word spa in there. (laughs) (laughs) See, Shabbat feels like some kind of burden, you know, you have to do something, but truly it's for the restoration of our minds and our bodies and our souls. And that means that we get nourished on this day and that letting go of technology isn't a punishment. It's actually necessary so that we can go inward and find that God place in ourselves trust it and then come out with the answers that we all have inside of us. I, I truly believe that. So spa shabbat was a teaching as well as a very fun program. And if I were going to do one on the internet today di- in this and I'm planning to this year, because I do this for myself, is I would first and foremost have a sound bath. <laughs> because
0: oh I- yeah. I- I <laughs> okay. Yeah. I want in on the spa Shabbat. You know
3: where <laughs>
0: We're talking today about finding connection and joy during the holidays and during this pandemic. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit more in a bit about connecting and the value of that, using digital communications to find connection. But first, I just wanted to ask about the kind of questions you're seeing in your community, uh, in your congregation, that are new, given our collective circumstances during this pandemic. Are people coming to you with different issues, different concerns?
3: Absolutely. There's a lot of awareness regarding sickness and a need to have a prayer, you know, more prayer or chant that they can say in order to calm themselves down, but to be able to connect with their loved ones who are ill because we're feeling so helpless in so, so many ways. How can we? We can't go to their homes. We can't do more than give our voices. Voices have a very, are becoming more and more. Important sound because, and obviously, sight, but our sight gets tired at, from looking and looking at the screens. So, I think that what people are coming to me, and this is interesting, they're afraid to admit how depressed they feel mm-hmm. as of, of what's going on. I find that people are embarrassed. Close friends will tell me, you know, boy, I just feel like I'm in a prison or... But for some reason, when they come to their spiritual leaders, they try to be optimistic. Mm -hmm. And what I try to do is let them know that I feel the same way, that I am searching for ways to stay buoyant during these difficult times. And that gives them more of the courage to say, yeah, you know what, I feel really pulled down. I don't feel like getting up. I am caught in the monotony of day to day. I don't see an ending to this. So I I find that in some ways people get very quiet. And that's when I, because I have a small congregation and the and the benefit of a small congregation call and say, Hi, how are you doing? And even if they can't tell me everything, that outreach, that text that I might send becomes very, very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I'm,
2: sure it, I'm sure it does. I mean, you know, just to have someone else caring about how you're feeling. Uh, uh, just even to just as you said, to break up the monotony of the day.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we I, have a lot of understanding now of, of our elders who are, you know, in their are caught at home who can't really go out. We're getting insight into things that we really are afraid of and, and haven't wanted to think about so our sensitivity level is is um we have greater capacity for that we have more bandwidth which i think is good because i think it's it's evoking more empathy more of a desire to write uh to be in touch with what is going on inside of us because it's day to day That's interesting about the uh, more capacity for compassion for
0: elders, because last week we were doing a whole series in uh, October called Locktober. We're speaking (laughs) with experts like yourself, leaders like yourself about all kinds of issues. And last week we had a therapist on who said you just have to be grateful for the things you do have, Mm -hmm. not the things you don't have. You have to take stock in that. And so I do think there's a greater awareness of what people are going. Now we, now you know what it feels like to be a shut-in, you know, and now we didn't know that before. I have also seen a lot of people, Rabbi Judy, on social media almost apologizing for celebrating joy. You know, a new baby, an engagement, a wedding. How should we handle that? Do we need to
3: apologize for our joy if it happens? I understand that dilemma because when you anybody who is having a hard time, you don't want to show so much joy because you want to be empathetic. However, I have to tell you those celebrations are more important now than ever. And we I've had to I not I've, I've had the pleasure of, of officiating at bar mitzvahs especially baby namings, weddings that have to occur over social media. And at first I felt Oh, I felt kind of this impotence that I right. could reach out and give a hug and and rejoice. They couldn't see my full face. I mean, that was so frustrating. And yet, when I'm doing this through Zoom, I can take my mask off. I can make sure that my face is seen. And and what I'm feeling, I I really work at having that transcend this little square that I'm in. <laughs> However, I think that we have to be so happy and tune in and talk more about the joy that we have because it gives people hope when mm-hmm. they see a bar bat mitzvah going through all the obstacles that are in the way and celebrating no matter what. I think there's this feeling of what we really can do, endure and how we survive and how we build hope that life can still go on, that people can still move forward in their lives spiritually and even religiously. So that when you see a wedding and you see happiness and you see people finding their besheret, their soulmate, that reminds you that even in COVID, that could happen to you. Mm -hmm. It's not a time to give up. And actually there have been lots of covid relationships that are flourishing (laughs) it's interesting my daughter having one and so i do see this silver lining and the truth is i'm not an optimist at heart i want to be and i have to work at being an optimist Mm -hmm. so i understand for people how it feels to get pulled down by that um there's an inertia that will pull you down and i have little tricks to the trade of how I can take 15 minutes to be happy or to look at an animal on the screen or to look at a joyous occasion. And remember, they're going to return. Yeah. Uh, Rabbi Judy, this
2: is Julie. And I think I'm an optimist, but I have to say, you know, for the holiday season coming up, I don't think that I'm going to be seeing my son, my daughter-in-law, my two granddaughters this year for the holidays. And I have to say, I'm incredibly
3: sad about it. Do you have any advice? Yeah, I, Julie, I understand. I I live by myself and I, my mother is in Ohio. She's 92. And I, since COVID happened, I was supposed to see her in, in April because she's 92. Mm-hmm. And I have, and there have been days where I just have been so frustrated and angry that I can't see her. And these could be her waning years. I mean, this is the time. And this is when we really have to go inward and adapt, which ugh, we don't want to, right?
2: I don't want <laughs> to. No, not one no, minute. No. Uh-uh. And I actually think of adapting. <laughs>
3: okay. Right. And I keep saying, and I have to say a mantra to myself I am willing to adapt. I am willing to adapt <laughs> because I want so much what I want. So, what I did was, and she's 92, it's not easy for her to get on technology. But I made my phone calls more regular and I FaceTimed her and it wasn't even for her. It was for me because I and I admitted how much I really missed her and missed hugging her. And although nothing is going to replace that, there have been this little willingness. I have a little glimmer of willingness after I've had that inner tantrum, you know, where, oh, I could send a handwritten message and touch her that way or my children that way. Oh, I could, um, what, what are their favorite things? I have children who love funny animal videos cause we have funny animals, all of us. And I know I'm going to make us them smile that day. Um, I there's certain music that you can listen to together. It really takes this ability to say in this situation, what do I have? Where can I succeed? where can I go a little deeper and feel them, whether it is their clothing that I love seeing yeah, or their yeah. smell. I'm, I, it's, it's really interesting. We have to go into this real willingness because there is something to get. And, and you know something? I think that it stretches us as human beings to mm-hmm. because we get so dependent on having what we want when we want it exactly. that all yeah. of a sudden like these creative ways come up even you could cook together um you could you know have times where you are just exchanging the silliest things it does take premeditation and that's also annoying but <laughs> <laughs> that's true, effort, right? it seems
2: like premeditation some effort and uh some ingenuity
3: <laughs> right. it does, but, but actually it stretches you as and it helps you find more pathways in how you connect
2: I like that. I like that about, you know, find more pathways. Yeah, now I have I now, uh, uh, Rabbi Judy, I have another good friend who is, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are doing all kinds of things this year to try to make the holidays work. And she was invited to a Thanksgiving dinner with 20 relatives and friends, and they're going to stage it in a garage in Northern California. And the guests include family and friends. They're even going to get a 90-year-old uncle out of a nursing home because this is probably his last Thanksgiving. Her six-month-old grandson's coming. Anyway, she is a nurse, okay? And she doesn't feel this is safe. And she is being made to kind of feel like she's the one with the problem for not wanting to attend this event. What, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are struggling with that too. A where, lot of people,
1: yeah. You know, where people,
2: mm-hmm. other people are creating pathways and we're, and they're, you know, some people are saying, Hey, that's not, that's not really a <laughs> safe the way you're on. What, what do you do then?
3: Yeah. These are the obstacles where that kind of make us, feel this frantic feeling of what what is right anymore? (laughs) Um, Because I have that in my congregation too. And we struggle with this. Mm -hmm. Should I, you know, I think that I have a very protective staff who is Well, we don't want, we don't think you should do, it's not okay outside. It's not, there's, you know, you you bend the rules and then all of a sudden I'm doing a ceremony and there's too many people there. Mm -hmm. And all of these things have been really a struggle. And I think first and foremost, what the two of you do that is so wonderful is you admit the truth. It is hard. Like I'm not I'm not pushing away and asking everyone to be, you know, a cockeyed optimist. I'm really not. I think that it is in feeling what we feel, the frustration, the anger, making some room for it. And then the next step is now what do we do? and I really want to say that you re and I, and I think people really must appreciate this so much about the two of you is that you are saying, Hey, it's not fun. I don't like it. And I'm looking at the holidays and I'm not excited because I think that's where we start. But then I think that there's the next step. And I have, and I do this for myself because our synagogue has had to be online and we've had to recreate the whole thing and be sensitive to who is afraid and who isn't. And there just comes this point, And this, and I say this to your friend too, is she has to follow what her heart says and back herself no matter what. And everyone's not going to listen, that's for certain. What she can do is help make sure that everybody maybe has creative masks. You know, you have to begin to play with this situation. How can we, what can we do inside of this garage to not make it a garage? What can we do to focus on the good? Maybe make it a shorter period of time that people are together. Um, again, these are all, there. with every step that we take, there's three obstacles that are in the way <laughs> and everything is hard. Right, there's right. not an easy answer. Right. But the same excitement that we feel about when we make, let's say, a great Thanksgiving feast, and we think of all those little extras of the good food that we're going to make. That energy has to go into how do we make it safer? How do we accommodate people who are afraid? And how do we, you know, how do we speak to them? How do we not feel guilty because we're not following what they're doing and we're backing ourselves and what I'm we're doing? Because I think we're now we don't need more separation. We don't we don't need more division. That is what is really... Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man, come on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We are. It's just so... That's the saddest part is that all these little things are dividing us into the ones yeah. who are doing it and are not and then the guilt. So if the overall picture of Thanksgiving and the holidays is about how can we unite, how can we bring joy into a dark situation... I think that we'll all feel successful. We may, you know, how do we, you know, how do we navigate differences of opinion and let everybody feel that they're okay and how they feel? That is our real challenge this year. And I wanna say that you, there was a question you had asked, I think about how do you bring happiness into a time like this? Because there's a certain way, we, we feel the stores changing, no one's going to the stores. We start to feel that spirit, music, <clears throat> We have to work harder at doing that for ourselves, Mm -hmm. like to bring that little pumpkin into the house. And maybe you're just happy with that pumpkin. Um, What I've done is I happen to love, um, I'm I'm not a good planter, but I like bulbs. (laughs) And (laughs) they make me really happy and feel festive. So I ordered a bunch of bulbs so I could watch them bloom. Um, but I but again I have a black thumb. I've tried to grow herbs, that doesn't work. So I'm <laughs> doing what I know is gonna be successful and setting myself up for success. So I think that these are all there's so many obstacles, and yet we are such resourceful people. There's so much we can do.
0: This has been so helpful. I can see why they call you the relationship rabbi,
3: <laughs> Rabbi Judy. Because... <laughs> well, when I say that I have to just be, I have to tell you that. They call me the relationship rabbi, which is kind of a joke because when they, when they started to call me that I was going through a divorce (laughs) (laughs) and I said, you can't call me the relationship rabbi, but what, but what it's really saying is that once you go through something like that, you reevaluate and I'm not a youngster, but you reevaluate all the things that you think make relationships. And that's been a real challenge and a real opportunity for me to learn so much about what a mature relationship is and what it takes and what you're talking about here your sisters and I have three sisters and a brother I have a big family too and those relationships take work and and revision and updating and all of those things and clearly what you've done is you've turned your relationship into something that is reaching out to the world And that's what we're really meant on this planet to do is to take what we've got, what we're given and to shape it and form it to create something that is not only going to help ourselves, but others, you know, and have that ripple effect of what it is to be in relationship. Because we're not meant to be alone on this planet. And now we're being faced with being alone a lot of the times.
0: Well, this has been oh, an inspiring wonderful. conversation. I know. Julie, we should we're gonna just we're just gonna stop the show right now because we feel like our, our mission is
2: fulfilled now that you've Oh my that. gosh, this was great. You know, thank you so yes. much.
0: Thank you. We've been speaking with Rabbi and Cantor Judy Greenfeld. We hope you come back to Satellite Sisters maybe every week if it carries on.
3: (laughs) I would love to. You brought brought happiness and joy to my day as well. Thank you.
0: I'll put contact information at SatelliteSisters.com if you want to find out more about the relationship, Rabbi Rabbi and Cantor Judy Greenfeld.
3: Thank you so much, Rabbi Judy. Take care. Have a wonderful day.
1: I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true.
0: That is absolutely true. Okay. That moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win win win. Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Hey, right,
1: we're back. Yes. Yeah. That Please. was that was a great little pep talk from Rabbi Judy. Thank yeah, you. Yes. I feel like yeah. I'm going to go out and get myself a little pumpkin. That's what I'm <laughs> going to do. Good, <laughs> Liz.
0: You know, I was going to ask her a question about connecting with my in-laws over the holidays cuz my mother-in-law's health is is very compromised, but she just answered it. In this idea of just being creative and really like digging deep and going inside and doing things that you haven't done before. And I also really liked her use of the word like sound and voice and connecting on that level. That was really smart. I just really enjoyed that conversation.
1: I did too. You know, when she said that she wanted to do a sound bath, do you remember last week on the show? I confessed that I was trying to do a sound bath on the meditation app on my phone. And after about 10 minutes, I just couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I, I had a meltdown, Liz. I had a meltdown over the sound bath. But she's right. It's that kind of gentle, relaxing sound that we need in our lives, too. It's better than either the sound of silence, which is often what I have around here, or the sound of news. Also, no good. So I'm going to give the sound bath another try, sisters.
0: Good. Okay. I'm good. proud of you, Liz. That's good. Yeah. I thought she had a lot of helpful things to say, and I loved the way she said it. It was gentle and positive and inspiring. And uh, that was and good. All right.
2: Next. Joyful. Yep. Yes. What's that, Julie? I said it was hopeful and joyful. You know, yeah. and she said she told yeah. us not to forget that and dig deep. Yeah. Right. Yep. yeah. right. Right. You know, yeah, I mean,
0: I, we use the word reframing a lot, sort of, usually we're mocking the word reframing, <laughs> but when she, when she, Told this story about doing the bar and bat mitzvahs. You know, she was bummed out at first, but then, okay, take my mask off. People could see my face. Like, "Mm, right? Yeah. It's just a. It's a completely different way of looking at it. It's very helpful to be reminded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Next week, I'm excited. We have a very cool lady on, Dr. Leslie Korn. She's a Harvard Medical School trained specialist in integrative medicine, and she uses nutrition for mental health. And nutritional psychology to help people recover from trauma and achieve optimal health. So she has a lot of interesting things uh, to say about how eating and using, you know, integrative medicine can help get us through COVID nineteen. And uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to her. So That'll next week great. we're gonna we're gonna tackle some nutrition
1: nutrition advice. Um, you know, Leon, can I reflect one minute on our guest last week, Dr. Oh, yeah, Stephanie yeah. Newman? Because she said something that really stuck with me all week, that we need to focus on the things we do have instead of the things we don't have or the things we are missing. So I was thinking about that a lot this week. And I I have two things that I realized like, huh, okay, I I wouldn't have had these if not for the situation we're in. Number one is... The, it was like late May when I realized I was just becoming a total slug. I think I told you guys on the show that I just like I had to like re up my fitness exercise plan. So I started taking um, strength training classes three times a week on Zoom, which which I thought I wasn't gonna like, and then it turned out I really liked it and I really stuck with it. But what I noticed in class this week, and this was the surprise, that I was like, huh. Dr. Newman was right. You know, in all these classes, they always have not just you're not just working on strength. You're also working on your balance. They tell you that how important balance is as you get older. Well, I actually realized my balance has improved. How about that? Like I can tell now. Good. That's wonderful, Liz. No, that's good. It's important. We don't want you falling down. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing where, you know, you go to these classes for like a month or two, or if you're me, you go for like a month or two and then you stop going. And then, so you never really make any progress. You can feel in something sort of subtle like that, like balance, you know? And so the fact that there I was standing on one foot thinking, huh, I am better at this than I that I was 8 months ago. I just want to pass that along. That's something that I actually achieved. And the other thing, I don't think I've mentioned my my new blue couch. Uh the no. in, yeah, in the course of the summer, I sent my couch out to be recovered. I decided that that would be a productive thing. It had gotten all bleached out. There's so much sunlight in my apartment. So now as I was standing there on one foot feeling good about my balance, I looked over and I was like, that couch looks awesome. So there you go. (laughs) Those are my, those are my two things that I wanted to mention because Dr. Newman told us to just be aware of those things in our lives. So I am, and I'm feeling good about that.
2: Good. That's gratitude with a capital G, Liz. Yeah.
1: But okay. I just, the, the gratitude thing always sounds so hokey to me. <laughs> just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just noticing them, Julie. And okay. I'm, you know.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I pushed, I was a little too far. That was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. too
0: far, yeah. too much, too okay. much. Okay. okay, I retract Sorry. it. I retract that statement. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to remind people that we have a Facebook group called Satellite Sisters, where we would love to have you join. Um, so just search for us on Facebook. It's a private group. You do have to answer a couple of membership questions. And we just use those because we would love to have people who listen to the podcast join the Facebook group. So everyone kind of knows the aesthetic there. Um, and we had that fantastic contest recently, satellite, Sat Sisters, Liquid. I did. And a little follow-up to that, uh, Tara Starling, which is a great name, by the way, um, she had posted in the contest that she was growing her first baby as at uh, 36 years old, and she was very proud of herself. She also grew some okra, which, you know, not so proud. Uh, But other things, just kidding, Tara, just kidding. So this week she posted a picture she had the baby. So she's very excited. That, that is so you know,
1: joyful. Very joyful, Tara. Thank you.
0: It really made me happy to see that. She said, here's an update on my Growing a Human project. Here you go. It's an adorable photo. And we don't know, boy or girl, we don't know the name, that's fine. Tell us when you're ready, Tara. So we're just calling it Satellite Baby. So congratulations, <laughs> Satellite Baby. So that's over at the Facebook group. Uh, feel free to join. We'd love to have you.
2: All right. Well, it's time for Entertaining Sisters. And I have an unusual recommendation uh, this week, Liz and Leon. Uh, this is a documentary called True Appaloosa. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime Video. So you, you know what Appaloosa horses are. They're the ones yeah. with the spots on it. Well, yeah. okay, four years, this is the story of a female horse breeder named Scott Eggstrom, and that she has been trying to prove that the Appaloosa horse, uh, which she thinks is the greatest horse of all time, came from Asia over the Bering Strait, rather than what is currently or what was believed from Spain. Like the the conventional wisdom is Appaloosas were b- brought to North America by from Spain to Mexico and then up and then up from Mexico. Okay. This has been a lifetime quest of uh, the horse breeder, Scott Eggstrom, to prove that they actually came from Asia. So just in this wild, crazy serendipity of moment, she turns on TV and she sees some show that's set in Kyrgyzstan and she sees an Appaloosa horse. And she's like, I have to go to Kyrgyzstan and I have to track this down. So this is the documentary about this 69 year old woman who makes this really big trip to like the border between China and Kyrgyzstan in search of a pure Appaloosa. Cause there are only a hundred pure Appaloosa left in the whole world. They've been crossbred. So it seems like an unusual movie, but who would like this movie? If you like horses, you're going to love this movie because they have gorgeous horses uh, and they're galloping and doing all kinds of wonderful things. If you like (laughs) if you like adventures, okay, if you're an adventure lover, you have got to go with this tale because it's an amazing story of one woman's journey. If you like to see women succeed, you will like this movie. If you like cute documentary and documentarians, you'll like this movie because there's this cute guy that accompanies Scott on her trip to Kyrgyzstan. And then if you are a longtime listener to Satellite Sisters, you probably know that my daughter-in-law grew up in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan. And this documentary is just filled with absolutely beautiful scenery from that very unusual country. So I think you would like that movie, too. So the wow. name of the movie is True Appaloosa, uh, and it's on Amazon Prime. So that's my
1: recommendation. That sounds really fun, Julie. Okay, thank you. Check that's- it out, Julie enjoy it that's an unusual pick well i want to talk for a second about the recommendation you guys made last week you were talking about emily in paris and i had not seen it yet but you both liked it and recommended it so i watched the whole i watched the whole thing this week sure it it really has yes, yes yes it's irresistible uh, but it has every French cliche in the books, right? You've got your hot chef in the short-sleeved whites. You've got your Carl Lagerfeld clone uh, with creme brulee gags. You've got everyone's drinking champagne. Everyone's eating croissants. Everyone's smoking. There's a mean landlady. I mean, classic French characters. There are multiple jokes about how the fifth floor is really the fourth floor or vice versa. We don't know. And there is, of course, the mean boss in the office. And I am just here to say that that mean boss, Sylvie, Uh I had that boss. I actually (laughs) so cliches, you know, there's usually a germ of truth in these things that like that woman reminded me so much of an actual boss I actually had in Paris one time that I was like. Wow. Okay. How'd they do this? And you may or may not recall that at the end of my twenties, I took a job that was for a French company and I was going to be working in the United States, but their headquarters was Paris. And they asked me to spend the first month with them in Paris. And then I would go start work in New York. So there I was. And that's when I got to know my boss who I'll just call Sylvie because that's pretty much who she is. And I just remember Like the third day of work, thinking, huh, this might not be the right environment for me. (laughs) And the real trigger was when she commented on the inappropriateness of my lipstick color. (laughs) Wow. Yes.
2: Ooh, okay. okay.
1: Can't you imagine Sylvie doing that? Like it's yes. just like the constant up and down, whatever. So yeah, the lipstick color was sort of like whoa, all right. And so I called a friend of mine and that night, so I was in Paris, I called a friend who was in, who I used to work with in London, I was like, oh my God, Susan, I think I've made the most horrible mistake. What am I, this is, this, no, I, I'm i working for Sylvie from Emily in Paris, like, what do I do about that? She said, oh, no, 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 it's going to be fine, and she gave me the phone number of a friend of hers in Paris, who had been working in Paris for 20 years, married a Frenchman, she's like, just call her, I'm sure she'll have drinks with you tonight, she's always available for drinks, you know, of course, as they are in Paris, And so, and so that that's what I did. I went out that night. I actually called her. She's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll meet you wherever you want." Blah blah blah. And she just like talked me off the ledge of what it was like to have Sylvie as a boss. But I just there were so many things in that in that TV show that are, that are just sort of ridiculously over the top. Yeah, I just wanted to be the one to say Sylvie, not over the top at all. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Liz, now I have to know what did she
0: say about your lipstick? Was it too much? Was it not bright enough? What it was, was uh, as I
1: recall, Ian, the, you know, this was a while ago. I think my lipstick had a light frosting in it. Uh, yeah. I know uh, that, but uh, but okay. it was this was the 80s. Right. right. It was a right. long time. I was in my twenties. Yeah. And she just disapproved. Uh, and it's not like it was full on frosted lipstick, but I believe it had the appearance of some light frost. Okay. And she just did not think that was um, au courant, I think was I think was the actual uh, comment. Yeah. So. Mm hmm. Okay. All right. Well,
0: you know what? You have not worn frosted lipstick since. So, I mean, you have <laughs> really been a strong advocate of the matte look. She was
2: for- really, quite, <laughs> a, she was really <laughs> quite a mentor for you, Liz. You just didn't realize it. <laughs>
1: Scar- scarred for life. Scarred for life. But that that actress, her name is Philippine Leroy Beaulieu. Um, she is just awesome. So I, She's yeah. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, that's a good story. Well, I wanted to do a follow-up to a couple of TV shows that if you did like Emily in Paris and you're looking for either A, more legit Paris or B, just a more legit portrayal of a young woman in her 20s in a big city, these are your alternatives, okay? So so the first one is on Netflix, I have loved it. It's an actual French TV show called Call My Agent and it's about a French talent agency. And the people are French. The real actresses are French. Uh, There is very French men. There is French clothes. Like, it's everything that Emily in Paris isn't. You know, nothing is a cliche, and everything is great. And all the same bad behavior still happens. It's just really true to form. So I think there are three seasons on Netflix we're awaiting a fourth. But it's actually in French, but it's fantastic. I love it. Okay. Lian,
1: Lian, when I was IMDBing Philippine, She's also in Call My Agent, the same. Yeah, I knew, yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch that now that I binged all of, you know, all of Emily. Uh, Call My Agent starts tonight.
0: Okay. Now, if you're looking for maybe perhaps a more realistic portrayal of a young woman in her 20s starting out her career, I want to recommend Love Life, now this is a show that appeared on a streaming service that disappeared. HBO Max, right? HBO Max. What is it? What is it? HBO Go? Is it we HBO? We still don't know. We, we don't no know history. where is it. Yeah. Where do I find it? Yeah. There were billboards and then there was nothing. So, um, but I remembered one billboard for Love Life, and I like Anna Kendrick a lot, the actress. Me I thought too. that looks yes. good, and I discovered you know, on my AT&T bill this week that, um, oh, we get HBO Max for free. Otherwise I just can't pay for any more streaming services. So I binged all of that and it is very sharp. It is very well done. It takes a woman in her twenties in Brooklyn, in New York, and it charts her love life with relationships. So each episode is named after either a guy or a person in her life who is representative of her love life. Everyone from you know boyfriends to fiancés to her mother to her best friend. I think it's very sharp, and I loved it. So uh, that's oh my okay life. good. With I Aunt will Kendrick. check that out. Uh, yeah. HBO Max. And just like Emily and Paris, not full hour episodes. So you can, it's, it moves along very quickly. It's like 40, 35 minutes an episode, which is a good line. Okay. Well, I think we, we covered a lot of ground today. We
1: did. We are feeling better about ourselves and we have lots of good, good entertainment in our future.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, we would like to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. Thank you, Sergio. We miss seeing you, but we appreciate everything you do behind the scenes to make Satellite Sisters sound great. All right, uh, on to-do lists, I'll just start. This week I'm doing a couple of Sweeney Sisters Crowdcast um, events, but I'm doing a brunch one. So if you want to do a on Sunday. So if you want to do a book club about the Sweeney Sisters, it's at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. So either brunch or coffee with the Sweeney Sisters. Plenty of room left in that so i'm looking forward to that it'll be a good one nine o'clock brunch with the sweeney
1: sisters that sounds fun
2: yeah well this is julie and i have a big night tonight uh, tonight because i'm going to be watching liz dolan in um introduce the barefoot contessa i'm attending the virtual i can't even still can't even believe this yeah, me this neither. is the virtual, virtual event uh, uh sponsored by Six and i the Barefoot Contessa will be there. And appa- allegedly, apparently, <laughs> our sister Liz will be there too. So I don't want to miss that. I think you can still sign up for it. And when you do, uh, you uh, also can get, uh, when you purchase a ticket, you can get a signed copy of the book. So yeah. new book on comfort food. Okay, Liz, I'll be watching.
1: Well, okay, let me ask you a question, Julie and Leon. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, because all I do is introduce uh, Ina Garten and Helene Cooper who's interviewing her at the top of the show so I'll be on for like a minute at the top of the show and a minute at the bottom of the show to wrap so I'm trying to figure out what my set should be you know normally I would be sitting in my living room or so. you know the usual stuff bookshelf behind me but I'm thinking would it be too pretentious to, for me to be standing in my kitchen so it looks like cooking with Liz <laughs> no do I it think go, go for it Liz think I yeah. should go for it it's yeah. not too weird to be in my kitchen. No, no. Okay, all right. I'm gonna. And you have a copy. You know, put a copy
0: of. Do you have? You have at least one Barefoot Contessa cookbook. I know mom has yes. one, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yes. So, yes. I,
2: I would have get, about- I would Yeah
1: i have about six okay uh, good including one that is signed so i i have that at the ready and i do i don't miss the first minute because i have what i hope will just be a charming anecdote about our mother that i'm going to tell at the very top so uh so that's it so i will relive a moment with ina and edna at the very top, and then turn it over to the actual. Okay, so... I think
0: that sounds very strong. And I would just, like, place the cookbooks in the back. You don't have to mention them, but just make sure those are visible. Yeah, Yeah, your kitchen's great. You should totally do it in your kitchen, 100%. Okay, Okay. all right. Oh, my to-do
1: list, later on this week, on Thursday night, I am going to a poll worker training, because I volunteered to be a poll worker for the election. And uh, so you go through this training. I have not been assigned a gig yet for, and and we start uh, early voting in person at the end of this month. So what I'm hoping is that I'll get assigned some early days. That's what I would really like to do. And, and here in Los Angeles County, you can vote wherever you want. You don't have to vote in your precinct. Uh, you can go to any voting center. They try to make it as convenient as possible for people who might live in one neighborhood, but work in another. So like, I could be a poll worker at Dodger Stadium or at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Okay.
2: It's, so I would keep your sights low, low, low yeah. just in case as a new poll worker, they're not going to give you one of the
1: marquee venues, you know? I just think it's funny because, of course, it's here we are, LA, that we have like celebrity polling places, you know? Okay. Staples Center yeah the Staples Center. Hall yeah. yeah 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 anyway I would be just as happy to walk the three blocks to the elementary school not far from me anyway so uh, training starts tonight and who knows if I'll actually get assigned a polling place I just wanted to be ready sisters ready to help okay great
0: good work all right sisters everyone's busy this week we have a lot going on so um, stay safe stay healthy have a good week you too, you too, Lynn. too Lynn. and don't forget call your satellite sisters.